warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. What are you, a six-year-old? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 106 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Tonight. Tonight. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., huh? I know. Huh? I just watched it. Yeah, I didn't because I'm doing this podcast instead of watching it. No, you that's see, how much that, I love no, you. no, 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 that's bullshit. The show was from 8 to 9. We start podcasting at 10 minutes after 9. You could have watched it. That's all I'm saying. No. I watched it. You watched it. That's true. You did. I have watched it with my family. It got the whole family together. You know, the kids weren't that into it. There was a lot of yapping going on. Oh, well, see, maybe it's good that I'm going to watch it alone. I, I don't like think, I do everything else. I don't, I don't think that they're uh, swayed by Agent Phil Coulson's charms necessarily. Hmm. They were kind of a little bit annoyed that there wasn't superheroes in it. And that's not <laughs> really what it's about, guys. Not all heroes are super. Yeah, so... No, 
whilst Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going on and you're having happy, crappy family time, <laughs> I'm helping a kid with math and helping another kid that's sick and uh, put him to bed, recorded it really just for myself. You see, I always feel like you're trying to prove that you're just out there fathering harder than I am. I am. I'm and I, and I kind of resent that. I, I, You know, I'm spending quality time with my kid, but it's not quite enough because I'm not doing the homework thing and the sick thing. and I, I'm just not quite getting to that gourd level. And I don't think you really ever can. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see whose kids still talk to them when we're... We'll like see whose kids end up 90. in a bell tower with a high-powered <laughs> rifle first. Dude, this is our uh, six-year anniversary spectacular shindig. Six years. That is Six the years of the Bone Bat Show. Just about, yeah, by the time this airs. I think we started on, like, September 29th, uh, 1997. Does that sound about right? I have no idea what I did last week. You're asking me this? <laughs> so, 1997. No, that'd be 2007. September 29th. Yeah. <laughs> you see, we've been doing it six years and my clutch is slipping on me. We're so old. Okay. I remember when... <laughs> ah, but six years, that is the wood anniversary. And uh, I am, of course, sporting <laughs> for this episode. In celebration. And yes. uh, this episode, we decided to do something a little different. Uh, this show is for the listeners. As opposed to all the other shows, right, which, which are solely to entertain Completely ourselves. masturbatory exercises for our own uh, edification. Yes, this time. Though uh, we let our listeners pick the music. So uh, kicking things off this week was Little Man or Astro Man. DEFCON 5 from their most recent release. DEFCON 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Nice. That was uh, selected by Nick G, the artist extraordinaire, who did our poster for the film festival. Good choice on his part, I think. Indeed. So what we're going to do tonight is play uh, just a bunch of cool music from different bands we've had on the show before, requested by our listeners. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, most of it's going to be stuff we haven't played on the show before from the same bands. Uh, got a couple of items that are brand new that released this year, like DEFCON 5, and then a few other things that are kind of deep classics that we didn't get a chance the first time we had the band on so it's a pretty cool opportunity to revisit uh, a few favorites too so but same bands different songs that's exactly. what we're saying yeah but uh before we uh, do any more music why don't we do uh, what we always do about this time gord you know what pisses me off what pisses you off had a rough morning sunday morning took the kids out for donuts trying to start the morning off right as you are wont to do. As I am wont to do. We have a proud tradition of eating donuts in this family. Took it to my the van in my favorite donut spot here in town. Pulled the van to a parking place. Hopped out and stepped straight into a pile of vomit. <laughs> Just, it was slippery beneath my feet. I looked down and it was vomit. There was no other thing it could possibly be. That I was... did that little mental gymnastics thing where like, well maybe that's, um, that's... No, there's nothing else that that could be. It's not a soup spill. No, that you know what that is. That's high quality college town Saturday night before the Sunday morning vomit. Oh, absolutely. The grad is right there in the same parking lot, so it's, there was no doubt. Yeah, it wasn't like I was in a church parking lot or something. Like, oh, no, that's that's puke. And to make matters worse, we go into the donut store, we buy our donuts, we go out of the donut store. And then my oldest kid 
stops right after we walk out and the door closes behind us. And he, he spins around real fast and opens the door back up to the donut store. And so everyone inside sort of turns and looks at him. And he points at the ground. And he goes, look, Dad, some of the vomit fell off of your shoe. Oh. I know. Is that what you want? Why are you is doing that? that? You did, did, did you turn to your son and say, what in the hell is wrong with you, boy? I, I pretty much did. <laughs> Using, I think, those same exact What was going through your little head? I think my closing statement with him was, <laughs> you need to get control of that mouth of yours. <laughs> why? What was the benefit of not only annoying you and making you look silly, but... Also, basically putting the entire clientele of the donut shop off their breakfast. <laughs> right, I know. It was like a strategic strike intended to offend as many people as possible. It, and if that was his intention, it was well played. <laughs> what did he have to say? And that he was sorry, that he regretted it, that well, you know, it wasn't what he meant to do. He was just surprised to see a bit of vomit had traveled all the way to the donut store and fallen off there, I guess. <laughs> So he was pointing inside the donut shop to where the the vomit detritus had flown? Yes, right there oh, on the, the mat that's sort of inside the store that people can wipe their feet off on. You know, they have vomit on their shoe. <laughs> that's delicious. Yes, yes. And then uh, my other child, plus his blackened little soul, uh, went to a restaurant. We all went to a restaurant. Restaurant handed out crayons to keep the kids occupied. And oh, I that's nice of them. Yeah, I even requested crank crayons because the service was flipping slow and we were bored of tears. So <laughs> we're all drawn doing our thing. Eventually the food comes, we leave, we get home, I do laundry. And whenever I do laundry, I pull like at least a wastebasket full of stuff out of my youngest's pockets. He's always collecting stuff and just putting it in his pockets. Plastic bags, erasers, pencils, pens notes, wadded up pieces of paper that College may have been like student vomit. Student vomit in that old wood shaving vomit cleanup stuff the janitor <laughs> used to have in the shakeout can. <laughs> so anyway, I'm pretty diligent about getting all this out of his pockets, but I missed the little piece of blue crayon that had somehow ended up in one Ooh, pair of shorts. Okay. The ones that he was wearing to the restaurant. And it went through the washer and then it went to the dryer and proceeded to, I guess, explode and then melt all over most of the clothes in there. So most of the clothes had some blue spots. Some of the clothes were like blue polka dotted with with little chunks of melty crayon still embedded in the fabric. Now, are you the type of laundry person who segments things out? So basically the kids' clothes are quarantined and you only wash the kids' clothes together? Or was it the whole family's clothing? Generally, I do separate out my color and, you know, washing instructions, although I do have an apartheid going on with my youngest <laughs> clothes just for this sort of contingency. Yeah, so there you were, go. Okay. So you were sort of ready for it. Yeah. And they were. You didn't know it was still. coming, but you weren't surprised, I guess, yeah, is the thing to say. I, I wasn't happy about it, but, you know, <laughs> at least... At least it was just, you know, I didn't have to explain to my older kid why his new shirt was ruined by his younger brother. Right. Yeah. So one piece of good came out of this, and that's that I discovered Carbona Stain Devil Stain Remover. What, what, what? These little yellow bottles, they cost like three bucks each, and I think there's nine of them. And 
they're they're numbered, you know, like one through nine, and they're each for specific kinds of stains. Really? And even though it's said right there on the bottle, may not work on melted crayon, I'll be damned if I didn't get that stuff off to, to take the blue crayon out of his out of his shirt. I put it on probably like 25 different blue spots, and you could barely even tell afterwards that it had melty crayon all over it. Now I have to do this to the rest of the clothes that were in there, but hey. So hats off to the people at Carbona Stain Devils, and if you ever melt your son's crayons into his clothes, may I suggest using number three. (laughs) Okay. Did you have to try one and two or four to get in the right spot? (laughs) Or is it stain-based? It's not like crafting in Skyrim. It's it's stain-based. <laughs> Good call. That was a nice call out. Thank you. You select the one that has the list of things on it that you've soiled your clothing with and, and get that bottle. Oh, that's going to suck the next time you're out of crayon and you like, but I have vomit and I've got hairspray and I've got chocolate, but I don't have crayon. Yeah, so I, I think I have four bottles of it now. I got... Uh, Grass stain, I got blood, uh, sweat. Oh, uh, blood and, and semen. That's a good it's, one. The blood and semen are different bottles. It's, Oddly. Yeah. This may not work on clown suits, so yeah, I don't know. It can't be that good. <laughs> That's funny. What is wrong with you, Steve? What pisses you off? You know what's pissing me off lately is the state of the news today. Mm. Like, I'll be watching the, the TV news. And they'll be doing a report, and they'll be going down where they've they've done hard-hitting research, and then they'll say something like, Joan Smith said on Facebook last week, and will, like, quote some nobody about the news story. Or even, like, tweets. Have you noticed that lately? That you'll be, like, reading a news article, and they will call out Twitter? I mean, Mm -hmm. how lazy does a reporter have to fucking be to, you know, I could go interview somebody, Or I could just do a search on Twitter and see what I can find about this topic. How do you know that person's an expert? That's some jerk-off. I don't care what some jerk-off has to say about a given news story. I want to hear expert testimony. I want to hear people who are in the know. Twitter is anybody can be on Twitter. Which I guess it's, that's why it's the great democratizer. Anybody can have a voice, but not everybody deserves to have a voice. When I see that every time, it pisses me off. Because I'm like, really? You couldn't do a better job of journalism than that? The other thing is, you ever notice like uh, there's these kind of articles now. I guess the, the term for them is listicle. And it will be like <laughs> a list of, of nine items that potentially would be interesting information. But it's set on a different page for each item. So you basically have to do nine clicks to get the whole article. I didn't know that. Fuck you. That is such a pain in the ass. What you're doing is fishing for hits is what you're doing. And it might be like I was uh, looking for things about Grand Theft Auto before I bought the game. And there was a thing was like nine facts about Grand Theft Auto. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll read it. And everything was a different page. And all it is is fishing for page hits. And how fucking annoying is that? Because each page is just like a little tiny bit of information. It's not even worth the effort. Start putting the whole article on a single page, motherfuckers. Good Lord. maybe we should start following that lead and do this podcast like that. Like, you have to click, just break it into like 45 different parts. And if you want to listen to the whole podcast, you have to click each piece. (laughs) 
Maybe, but God, that's so annoying whenever I click on one of those things. And on Facebook, people are always posting that sort of a thing. And you'll go, oh, it might be an interesting article. And that is a person that I normally respect. And so I click on the article and, ah, fuck. Here we go again. It's annoying. Yeah, once I find myself in that kind of thing, I just, it's not worth it to me. I get out. Yeah, no kidding. You know, they, they being the technically adept people out there, have made something called a deslidifier. So if you want to see a bunch of pictures that have been rudely stuck into a slideshow, so you have to click and click and click to see all nine pictures, you can just enter the into this site and it'll like puke out all the pictures altogether. I wonder <laughs> if there's something like a denewsifier, a want- listifier that you could use for that. I wonder how you found that. Was that like 30 hot pictures of Christina Hendricks or something? It had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with anything like boobies. <laughs> nothing to do with boobies at all. Duly noted. I don't know if I believe you. But I'll give you noted. <laughs> I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Thank you. It was vaginas. <laughs> hey, you know what else pisses me off? The Borg! Fuck the hive! Yeah, Warp 11, folks.
Once again, Fuck the Hive from Warp 11 off their 2012 Borgasm album. Thank you to Eric, Scott, and Stuart for the request. Man, our listeners love themselves some Warp 11. Indeed. Wow, so six years, dude. Did you think when we first recorded episode zero that we would still be here doing this? No, I thought by this point I would have become way too impatient with how long it took to get set up every time man it used to take a long time too holy oh, shit God. remember when i was miking my computer speakers <laughs> 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 those were some crazy fucking days man it was like early battle net it really start. was yeah you play a game for an hour but that didn't count the four hours ahead of it that it took you trying to actually set up the game. No shit. Yeah, no. What it was most like was a role-playing game. Like, every podcast, we had to roll up a character. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it was like. Yeah. Like, okay, are you getting that weird buzz? What is that buzz? And I okay, cl- why do you sound like this? <laughs> right, yeah. When, when I finally bought, like, the mixer and figured out the patch thing, where now, basically, uh, Gordon just patches right into the mixing board and man that was really where the podcast kind of turned around you know yeah. actually uh one of our listeners who's been listening uh since very early on uh, called in with a voicemail so why don't we uh take a listen to that okay hey guys i'd like to enter competition your first ever episode 24 fucks were given <laughs> and to be honest zero fucks are given now ah <laughs> uh, congrats on Six years of high quality, high performance, simply breathtaking podcasting. Only some of those statements are true. And also, I'd like to congratulate both of you on uh, 30 years of knowing each other, which is one of the sad facts I uh, worked out. Anyway, I'd like to congratulate you on six years of a fantastic show, even if the rest was complete bullshit, maybe, I don't know. And I'm looking forward to another four years. Because, come on, after listening to a decade of you, I'd be right, I'd be in a mental institute. Anyway, seeing it is six years, and, you know, you are praised on your dirty jokes or dick jokes, I've got some for you. Why don't they teach driver's ed and sex ed in the same day in Arkansas? Because it's too hard on the mills. Ah. And also, what does a man with a small penis have for breakfast? God, you may answer this one. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Right. I don't know what else to say here. And it's 3am when I'm recording this. But... As people end everything with a what pisses you off, I think what pisses me off is trying to work out, because I did this, just to be special for you, trying to work out not just how many fucks you said, but I tried swearing, but I got to the point in the podcast, in the first one, where you went, said what pisses you off, and God says about four billion of them in the space of ten seconds. So I think that's what pisses me off. The other thing that pisses me off at the moment is you know God hasn't hurt himself in a long time we need another story like wow any story really it's just funny 
especially if he gets his dick caught in a zipper. Anyway, this is probably running on too long for the show. I'd like to thank you for six years. I'm, like I said, I'm going to be here for the next whatever, however long. This has been Stuart from Wales. Hoover. Happy birthday to... <laughs> Thank you, Stuart. Wow. <laughs> so we've known each other for longer than 30 years, right? Because we didn't... Yeah, you know, you could piece together a lot about our lives in this show and probably pretty effectively stalk us, I guess. But... <laughs> yeah, maybe it is about that. 15? Were we 15 when we met? Yeah, we were like 14, 15 years old. And now we're like 45-ish. 45-ish, yeah. Yeah. God damn. Jeez. All that time. <laughs> You'd think I could have gotten to know somebody better. <laughs> you know me I pretty I'll well. With you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know you well. I was thinking somebody better. <laughs> a like person, a, a better person to like, know. Yeah, like, like yeah a better I see what you're and then he said he wishes that you would hurt yourself more often, which I, know, I don't well, really know. He's stalking you, and he wants you to hurt yourself. But I, he doesn't want to hurt me. He just wants me to hurt myself. So I guess and he good. wants to watch. <laughs> and he wants to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, he'll use the slider fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I hated to look at these pictures one at a time. <laughs> I don't know why my accent is now like this. You ever notice how we do that? Like, there's a couple of, of pat accents we have, and they always sound pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, I've got two. <laughs> like and a, neither one of them is Welsh. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, I guess, the, like the perverted stalker accent. Is that it? I, I picture him as a garbage man. But... He's kind of like a cross between comic book guy, but a sleazier comic book guy, right? That, yeah. 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 He's like, that guy's brother that's a failure <laughs> and he kind of talked like this he's <laughs> very right. you know he sounds like Raimi from puppet monster massacre oh my god that's who he kind of sounds like i'd maybe never thought about they it ripped me off Raimi ripped me off uh, maybe that might be it i'm not quite sure but you know mona she's kind of a minx he's doing a lot of lists oh he does right? lisp more doesn't he yeah yeah so wow, this podcast that, that's got really boring. Perverted now. voice. What Here, is the deal? You, why why is it that all pervert? Why is it all perverts have like a beard and glasses? Because what what is it about that look that little kids find so sexy? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's a joke, folks. We're here all week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometime in high school, late high school, Steve and I were together at. Uh, at a photography studio because we were both talking to the same girl who worked there. And I idly grabbed one of the staplers that was on the counter there and I, I opened it up and I realized that one could actually swing this like some sort of a hinged weapon, <laughs> weapon and drive a staple into whatever you're going to hit. And I think I, I realized that and I turned to Steve and like motioned like I was going to stick it in his leg. And Steve said something that he later learned never ever to say i think he said you can't do that <laughs> to which i responded uh yeah watch me and i i stapled your jeans to your leg yeah. and you looked at me like you son of you just like <laughs> rage in your eyes and i went oh come on it doesn't hurt that bad 
And so then I proceeded to staple my <laughs> jeans to my leg like several times just to show what you what you like hurt. to show me. Yeah. You know what? It did actually kind of hurt. It was like stapling your jeans to your leg. <laughs> yeah, it hurt like hell. <laughs> you you always had that thing, though. There's like this don't dare gourd to do things thing. Like, I remember we were on this cross-country run. We, it was like a seven, eight-mile run. We were on the way back. And some uh, we always started dicking around on these runs. And people would be making jokes or whatever. And, you know, anything to pass the miles. And... Uh, not Miles Murphy, but past the miles. <laughs> Nobody consumed Miles Murphy and needed to pass it. <laughs> but uh, you know, somehow there was a bunch of walnuts lying around under these acorns, trees. Acorns, dude. They were okay. acorns. Okay. So we were running through oak trees. All right. So and so we we started like throwing around these acorns, and so at some point, Gordon has me dead to rights. I'm standing there, and I've got my hands up, and he's like acting like he's gonna throw it at me. And I was like, Oh, I dare you. And no, th- you said you can't. That's what I don't happened. think. I don't really say you can't. That doesn't make Not sense. Not anymore. No, that, I've never said that. I'd say I dare you. All right, but I don't think I'd say you can't. That's a, See, not I a very steep thing to say. Not to say that. I think you used no. to say things like you can't do that, to which I would like. <laughs> no, because show I, I knew. Because I oh, even then I would have been physically aware of the fact that you could do it. Possibly, but the the thing that would keep you from <laughs> doing it, is. the thing that would keep you from doing it, would be our friendship. Right. Well, fuck no, <laughs> and still be. Uh, my I friend. dare you, and fuck right off like the middle of my forehead. Yeah, that like, hurt like hell too. Not. So yeah, I learned pretty early on not to dare you to do things. Definitely. Yeah. Don't dare Gordon to do things. Is, is the moral of this particular story? Yeah. That's and you got a story about. Getting hurt, so there. So there, yeah. And Steve, there's, hurt. there's other. What about the? Remember the time sport. we got in like uh, some sort of a battle with tape dispensers? <laughs> you know, oh God, yes. You know, it's funny because we were talking about uh, my son and his best friend. Like they have this thing. It, it's kind of like I don't know what Frontier Justice, where they'll be playing along fine. And this has been like since they were little. They've known each other since kindergarten age, and they'll they'll be like playing along fine. And all of a sudden, you see them like rolling around in a ball, wrestling and like hitting at each other. And you're like, "Hey, knock it the hell off!" And they're like, "All right, no, get up." <laughs> they'll just go back about what they're doing. <laughs> but it's kind of like hockey players like throwing their gloves down and just attacking each other. And I, I guess that's how friends are. I, I guess because that that was kind of the tape dispenser thing. Yeah, nobody knows what the tape dispenser thing is. So we were. We were working one summer to help uh, renovate uh, one of our teachers' houses, which involved a lot of, like, taking off of molding and sanding it and restaining it and doors and stuff like that. And so one day, he, he had these tape gun kind of things, but they had they were masking, so they had, like, tape and then paper attached to the tape. Yeah, they were, for mas- they, they were masking tape and masking paper for, for masking off a room that you're going to paint. Right, so each of these things, it was like a tape dispenser with an 8-inch serrated blade for cutting through this yep. tape paper thing. And so for some reason, we got in a fight with those. And it looked like Wolverine had attacked us because there was like these like gashes on our arms and legs of like these straight, perfectly parallel bloody lines. Two healthy teenage boys can do a lot of damage to each other with a pair of eight-inch long serrated blades. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I even think that's what we learned from that. No, what that was about. And then, then we went back to your place and we got some poultice, and you're like, "Oh, here, yeah, we're gonna like, 
Give me some A and D ointment for this. I, I'm just gonna get it. Yeah, you we got some any, so. some mycetracin or something that you know normal people would have at their house. Gordon never had any of the normal shit at his house. I put a bagel. It was on. like, yeah, <laughs> you go there and you expect to get like a sandwich with mayonnaise, mustard, and some ham on it, and it'll be like a bagel with some really seedy mustard. Nowadays, mustard. I can appreciate pub mustard. Back then, I was like, what the fuck? Seriously, you people can't afford to have somebody grind your mustard for you? <laughs> Don't have Wonder Bread. <laughs> Bright yellow shit. Because seriously, you know, they will grind the mustard into a paste that you can use so it isn't spackle. Anyway, so yeah, I had this like poultice shit, which was, it was like mastic. It was essentially this thick white, it had like stems and leaves and shit in it. I don't even know what it was. Some healthy, just bullshit. I had an Eskimo woman chew that into a paste for us and then spit it in the <laughs> and jar. And so I like, you know, put that on my wounds and like ended up having to like chip it off months later. I don't even know. It was that was crazy. Oh, you finally got it off? Yeah, eventually. I, I, I might have I might have outgrown that whole layer of dermis <laughs> epidermis. Sloughed off that layer one day after <laughs> like a, practice. Like a fucking snake. Yeah. That's yeah. probably what it was like. Like a tarantula. Something. <laughs> How about another tune? How about it? You know, Benza from Germany fired in and said he'd like to hear a little Amon Marth. So here's a brand new one off their latest album, the title song off their latest album, Deceiver of the Gods. A tune about Loki, of all people. Hey, Loki. Swimming sweat, you are so 
Once again, Amon Amarth with Deceiver of the Gods. Gord, do you have a uh, political rant this week? I do. Talking about old times, this really goes in nicely. I don't know if you've seen it in the news up there in Washington, but down here in California, it's made the rounds. Siskiyou County Board of Supervisors, they recently voted to secede from the state of California. <laughs> Are, they up the to that? Jefferson. Are they up to that shit again? Once again, Now, didn't this happen, like, back around, I don't know what, turn of the century? It's happened a few times. It got rolling, like, as it was going to be a thing right before World War II. The southern Oregon counties and the real northern California counties are going to become the state of Jefferson. They're going to join Jefferson County. Right, because ostensibly they felt like they weren't being represented properly by the citizenry of, say, Los Angeles and Portland. Right, because the five people that lived in Siskiyou County weren't getting enough representation compared to, like, the five million people that lived south of them. Right. I mean, and it was a thing, like, living around Siskiyou County. There was, a, there was like, a play, wasn't there? Yeah, I believe that uh, Miles Murphy's father, the previously mentioned Miles Murphy, who we did not consume and need to pass, <laughs> his dad did a, a play at SPAC, Siskiyou Performing Arts Center. Yeah, so there was the state the, of Jefferson. So the, the, the sort of mythology going on about the, the state of Jefferson thing was there. And I think even in, uh, I believe, our history teacher's office, there was like a certificate or something on the wall from the state of Jefferson. Yeah, it's just sort of a feel-good we're our own people kind of mentality up there. You know what? If you're in Siskiyou County, anything like south of Redding you think is is <laughs> right. either San Francisco, which is pretty much in your mind a city composed entirely of liberal transvestites, and Los Angeles, which is a city composed entirely of illegal immigrants. 
I think that's your state view of anything south of Reading. Right, yeah. Siskiyou County. So you want no part of that. You want your good country boy lifestyle and clean living and no government intrusion. But here's the kicker. No government intrusion means no government tax money. Well, yeah, that's the thing. See, they're they're tired of this big city government intrusion into the rural lifestyle. So they they tap the vein of discontent found throughout Siskiyou County, and they they voted to divorce themselves from the Golden State. Now, I grew up in Siskiyou County, and like most folks there, with a IQ higher than room temperature. When I turned eighteen, I left. <laughs> People don't understand that Siskiyou County is huge. It's got high desert in the north and east and pine forests to the west. Geographically, it's almost the size of New Jersey. And that's just one county. It's like the size of a state. However, its population is about 44,000 people. So, in other words, if you could put every resident of Siskiyou County into the Seattle Seahawks Stadium you'd still have 23,000 <laughs> empty seats there. You'd have a lot of extra room, right? Yeah, presumably those seats would be filled with people masturbating to pictures of Marshawn Lynch. But, <laughs> Fuck but I digress. Hey, hold on. Do we really want to get into the score of the 49ers game? You are the, the stalwart fan of the Niners. <laughs> Always see. talk You're shit. You're already beginning to do the Marshawn Lynch masturbation, aren't already you? Already talking shit about the Seahawks. And yet... You can't take your beating like a man and watch the whole game. You had to walk away. I don't respect you. The game was a pile of crap. I don't respect you. Sports exist take to entertain your me. Beating I was no like a man. Take your beating like a man. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of crap. Twenty nine to three. Indeed. And the Seahawks won overwhelmingly. They crushed the Niners. They outplayed the Niners. What's interesting though is that the Jacksonville Jaguars who are the worst team in the NFL, put up almost six times the points that the 49ers did (laughs) in the exact same stadium the week before. That is interesting. Food for thought. Food for thought. (laughs) And my man Smith, my concussion brother, who was booted from the Niners for having the audacity to get a concussion just after I did. Uh, Alex Smith, who is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. And is undefeated. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I never fully jumped on the Kaepernick bandwagon. He's fun to watch when he works, but I think he was a novelty act. No one was ready for him his first year. Everyone's ready for him now. And the Niners are going to suffer horrifically <laughs> as a result. And it will be sad. However, that game really was crap. The penalties were so extreme on both sides. Yeah, and both sides. It was, there a was... rain delay of what, an hour? Oh, my God, it's raining in Seattle. We don't know what to do. Come on. Yeah. Let me get back to my frustrating political rant, please. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. All right. So, the economy of Siskiyou County, since I was a kid, it went from crappy when I was a kid to super crappy now. The, the timber industry is withered, and almost all of the mills have closed as the old-growth trees have disappeared. Uh, The environmental regulations and a paucity of easy-to-reach high-dollar timber, it makes logging a small-dollar piece of the economic pie nowadays. Gold mining has gone the same way for many of the same reasons. It was never huge, but the easy-to-reach gold is gone. And you can still get some gold if you dredge in a pretty destructive manner, but the big city politicians in Sacramento clamp down on that too. 
the folks up there in Siskiyou County are are really pissed off because uh, there was a rural fire protection fee of 150 whole dollars that was imposed upon that rural fire-prone area. They feel that that's unfair to them somehow, even though half the state is full of trees and those trees catch on fire. So ranching and growing feed are harder for the folks in Siskiyou County, too, these days. There's less water to go around. But if you, like me, live there, you'd notice that the ranchers flood irrigate their flipping fields. It's a wasteful practice, and it's exactly what it sounds like. There's too many groups all demanding access to the same water, and decisions must be made about who gets it. And the decision maker, that pesky government, gets crap no matter what they say. So the county wants to secede, to release itself from the heavy hand of the state. And I, for one, say, let them go. The locals know best. And I say we give them what they want. I'm sure the proud people of Siskiyou County are aware that 45% of the county revenue comes from the state of California. Another 25% of their revenue comes from the federal government. Jobs are scarce, and if you're employed in Siskiyou County, chances are better than one in five that you have a government job. But hey, don't let the door hit you on the ass on your way out, stated Jefferson. Good luck. That is my political rant. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but when you're trying to like drive up to Seattle, and uh, it's like going through Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be singing a different tune then, my friend. Yeah, when I start hearing the banjos and seeing pickup trucks behind me. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you know, for a long time when I moved north to uh, Eugene for college and then later to uh, the Seattle area. You know, you tell somebody, oh, yeah, I used to live in Wairika, and people say, oh, yeah, I broke down there one time. Or, oh, we got snowed in there and had to stay overnight because we couldn't get over the Siskiyou. That was like the claim to fame for Wairika. Yeah, it was that place on I-5 right before the steep, snowy, windy mountain road starts. Right, yeah, exactly. If your car was having troubles, that's where it was going to give up the ghost. (laughs) Yeah, no one ever says, Wairika, yeah, I went there for the For the Wairika Bakery, because it was a palindrome. It's a bakery, and it's a palindrome. It's the same backwards and forwards. That's awesome. Remember, there was to be next door to the Wairilla Gallery, (laughs) also a palindrome, not nearly as tasty. Yeah, and each each palindrome, as it went down Minor Street, was like reaching further and further. (laughs) Yes. Eventually, you got to rats live on no evil star. What the hell is that? I don't even know. I think they made sandwiches. It was weird. They may have. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's. This is, uh, you know, we're talking about politics. Since uh, the state of Washington has legalized marijuana, why don't we play one Woo-hoo. from the Butthole Surfers? Uh, also requested by Nick G, not particularly the song, but uh, went off of the Winterwear Maker EP. This is the Bong Song.
Once again, the bong song by the Butthole Surfers, Texas's finest. You know, it's going to be weird. Uh, in the newspaper, there's been more and more articles about the two legal marijuana stores that we're going to get here in town. And how they're measuring, like, the distance between all schools and daycares that it has to be a thousand feet away or whatever. It's going to get weird because I can't really imagine any of my friends coming to a party and going, Hey, look at the artisanal spliff that I got last (laughs) week. (laughs) I don't really see that happening. It probably will happen at some point, but I, I don't see it happening. For some reason, I just can't envision that. So it's yeah, going to be a brave new world here in a couple of months. I think in November is when they can start selling stuff, and uh, it, it could get interesting. Is it going to be one of those things where at first nobody is going to actually admit it, and it's going to be something you don't even bring up in polite company, but everyone is doing like behind closed doors? Maybe. And then all of a sudden, one person in your group of friends is going to bust it out, and then everyone else is like, oh, yeah, look, I got my collapsible bong in my purse. Maybe, but but you, the thing is, you don't know if it's like trying to buy condoms and you bump into your history teacher, <laughs> like that sort of thing. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? The condoms were for my history teacher. <laughs> this is a small town, man. You, you go to the weed store, and you don't know who you're going to bump into. Other. It's not so bad who you bump into in the weed store. What's bad is who you bump into when you walk out of the weed store. <laughs> oh, I was just getting some, uh, I don't, pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the weed stores will only be carrying weed and weed stuff. <laughs> it's right. not like, oh, yeah, is that, is that what this is? I was, I was looking for the sandwich place. <laughs> this is not oregano. <laughs> what the heck? So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, Brave New World. I have no idea how that's all going to shake out. Uh, (laughs) The kids these days, though, I don't even know. I've seen these things. They don't even have. They've got, like, grinders that grind it up and, like, atomizers that turn it into plasma or something. The technologies, everything is made out of, like, glass and surgical steel. It's too intimidating. Uh, So you're saying it's an expensive habit. But anything, coffee is an expensive habit now because yeah, we we fetishize every single thing in our lives, be it the perfect smoked bacon or coffee or, you know, lately uh, hard liquor has become like people will have like bottles of rye that come from a small local distillery and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I do know like what you every mean. single thing can be boiled down to the very best ingredients and made the very best way. And so there's no reason to think that that isn't going to inform the entire marijuana experience, that it's going to go from, you know, a Ziploc baggie, a shake, to this other Whole Foods type of a thing. Jesus, I just realized what is going to happen. What's that? What happens to every food and, and many drinks? What eventually gets added to it because it's so good? Pumpkin. No, bacon. <laughs> oh, bacon, yeah, but pumpkin right now, dude. Because it's fucking... <laughs> it's season. Pumpkin is not good. Pumpkin is bad. The pumpkin pu- is seasonal. The pro- Yeah, exactly. And so you'll have pumpkin weed. No, you're going to have bacon weed. You're going to have like balls of weed rolled the, in bacon. The, well, you may have that, but the only thing is that... Pork, of course, is not flora. You can actually graft pumpkin shit to weed 
and turn it into a pumpkin scented marijuana. Ew. Yeah, I know, right? Why would you do that? Then again, you drink pumpkin beer, so I've had a pumpkin beer on our Halloween show before. Yeah, sure. It doesn't I'll make try it right. It. it doesn't mean it's good. I tried that remember that bacon maple beer that I tried from Rose. Yes. Oh, what that was problem? fucking atrocious. Yeah, and see, you're going to do that with the weed, too. You're going to go, Gordon, you know, it's <laughs> tis the season. I got the bacon weed. It's like a, a bud, and it's rolled up in this fine quality bacon. <laughs> How would we even do that? I can't, again, I can't even imagine, like, getting my my mind around the idea of, hey, this is the weed show. <laughs> 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 it's legal now, so Steve's going to totally smoke out on the air. And Gordon's going to listen and laugh as Steve gets the munchies. I don't even know, dude. How, how would that happen? Out of a pipe made from bacon, and then you'll eat the pipe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't see that happening. That's you say that now. Wait till one seven. Wait till it's legal and everybody's talking about it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I'd still even if I don't have time for that. <laughs> Who does really? I, that's the thing. All right. Well, uh, why don't we listen to another tune? What the hell? Why not? How about a one from Tip to Bass, DZ? Our friend was uh, asking to hear a little something from them. Yeah, tip to bass. Not to be confused with balls to schlong or whatever that was called. <laughs> bass to tip, shaft to head. That's what know. it was called. Shaft to balls. <laughs> uh, let's cut to the chase. Let's do it. Let's cut to the chase.
All right, again, cut to the chase from our good friends Tip to Bass, taken from their album No Consequences. They were the stars of this year's Bone Bat Film Festival. It was a fantastic time. And I, I was the star. Well, you were the co-host. That's what you were. You were the co-host. Really came to see me, though. You were the co-host. Some people came to see you. All the way from Germany, I expect. I expect. How about a little uh, multimedia triage? Multimedia triage. You know, it hasn't been that long, but a lot of media has piled up. I think, like, after PAX, I finally had some room and time to partake of a little bit of media. I've been uh, binge reading fables. Uh, we talked about that game, A Wolf Among Us, and I've yeah. really been enjoying that. I got them all from the library. I'm like volume eight now. Cool. And, uh, you know, some of the stories aren't as good as others, but a couple of the storylines are absolutely fantastic. So definitely worth checking out. Right on. So we've both been watching The League. Yes, we have this year. What do you think? Good? Bad? What the hell? I think it's not as good as it was. I think that uh, the first two episodes were pretty good. And whenever they have uh, the character of Rafi on there, it's... Well, then it's great. It's great, because he's just so balls-out insano that he just makes the show better whenever he's on. Yeah, but, he's he's so, so over the top. There's no character on TV like him. He is just... He's great. Yeah. But, I yeah, the league, really uneven. And I think last year it was really uneven, too. There were... First few episodes were, and then it was great, and then it was again. Yeah, and then the the last episode, the Jay Cutler episode, was pretty terrible. It was. I actually turned it off. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing at all. Yeah, I got like halfway through the episode, realized I hadn't laughed, and then turned the channel. Much like the Seahawks Niners game, it was not entertaining me. It needed to go. Take your beating like a man. You know, something else we both coincidentally watched, Total Recall. Yes. That's weird that we both watched the remake of Total Recall without consulting each yeah, other. Yeah, I, I happened to notice in the show notes, it was like, Total Recall. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. So what did you think? You know, I was really ready for it to kind of suck, and I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fun. I thought the original Total Recall, I remember when I watched it in the theater thinking, man, that could have been a lot better. It seemed to be a little bit gratuitous as violence for the sake of violence instead of entertaining me. And I thought the, the remake was, was pretty good. And I, I appreciated that they, they did include the triple-breasted horror. <laughs> See, I, I kind of went the other way. I felt that they took all the quirky fun out of it and all that was left was just violence and action, which I can sort of get anyway. That huh. The weird stuff to me was like, remember the Johnny Cab? Mm-hmm. Like I that, do remember that. That whole weird thing, like, wh- where did that come from? And it was there. And the whole thing with Coato, like this mm-hmm. little weirdo guy that was coming out of uh, the other guy's chest. Hey, you know what? Hank from Breaking Bad was in that. He was the guy with, like, the vagina face. <laughs> that was him, wasn't it? I think so. That's really cool. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, but in the triple-breasted prostitute, and when he was the heavy-set woman in the mask, and it started glitching yeah, out. Yeah, the mask glitching out, that was great. That that was like better than the way they did it in the remake. And the remake was by no means bad. It was just, in some ways, kind of flavorless to me, and it didn't have the humor, the like quirky sense of humor that I thought the original had. And I thought that that neutered it in a way, and it made me sort of... I mean, it was a passable way to spend an hour and a half, but I wouldn't say that I, I really liked the film per se. 
for a, a spacey action movie, I thought that lockout with Guy Pierce from a couple years ago was actually better than this. No, I'm not bagging on lockout at all, but I thought this was better than that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was some good, mindless fun, and uh, I thought it was better than the original. Yeah, I, the, and I was prepared not to like it. The, uh, the acting was all good. I didn't have any gripes with that. Special and, effects were just great. And as I understand it, I guess it follows the short story. It's been a long time since I read that short story. Yeah. I understand that the remake follows the original Philip K. Dick story a little closer. But, uh, yeah, I kind of miss the quirkiness. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to agree that fuck you. Yeah, eat a dick. Right, eat a bowl of <laughs> Hey, speaking of which, I read Old Man's War. Because speaking you know of which, cool? I'd like to review a dick I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, go on. <laughs> what kind of a segue was that? <laughs> because last episode you talked about how great Old Man's War is, the book. <laughs> okay, yeah. The episode before that we had Death Star on, they talked about how great Old Man's War is. So I read this book thinking it was going to be great. Old Man's War was okay. It was just okay. I really don't understand why why it has been elevated to the level that it has by people whom I respect and you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just thought that book was it. Eh, eh. huh. Well, what so, what did you not like about it? I guess. Nothing. There's nothing I didn't like about it. There was also nothing in that book that made me go, "Yeah." There was no twist. There was no technology or idea or thing that it was advocating that was made me really think or made me really think it was neat it was all just kind of vanilla sci-fi pew pew then it was done hmm. and it seemed like there were opportunities for it to be really really cool what with the whole moving your consciousness into a new and better body thing but it just was there oh huh, yeah I, I liked it quite a bit i started reading the sequel but then i got kind of sidetracked when i started mainlining fables so that's on my list of things to do and I'll, I'll let you know what I think of Ghost Brigades alright you know and not all bland fare is bad fare I just watched The Sapphires have you seen that? I have not The Sapphires is a movie inspired by true events about during the Vietnam War a group of aboriginal women who form a soul group and go sing to entertain the troops in Vietnam Hmm, that and it's, it's an absolutely feel-good movie with a brilliant soundtrack. And if you're looking for some something to watch that, that's happy, make you feel good, but not saccharine sweet, I would recommend watching The Sapphires. That was just a nice little movie. And we don't review nice little movies very much in this podcast. So that's saying something. Speaking of which, to that point. Yeah. Uh, last week, I watched a film called Frankenstein's Army. Have you heard of this film? Is it about Frankenstein recruiting a group of Aboriginal singers to sing in the Not army? Not a bit. Okay. No, I haven't. So uh, films from uh, Dark Eye Studios, directed by Richard Raphorst, and uh, just hit on Blu-ray. And it is the story of this uh, Russian army unit that is patrolling eastern Germany during the end of World War II. And... Uh, they're basically combing the countryside on recon, and they uh, get a radio message that there is a unit lost in this small mining town nearby. And they're the only people nearby. 
they didn't expect that there were any other units in the area, so they feel compelled to go and help their uh, Russian brothers. And so they go to that town, and it turns out that uh, Dr. Frankenstein is working for the Nazis. That guy. And the shit absolutely hits the fan. There isn't a lot of story there, and you can kind of guess, even from the description, that it, it cribs a good bit from Alien. The distress call to come in, and then the shit hits the fan. And yeah. there, there's even, a, it's funny because after that happens, they go into this village and there's this great big uh, rusted out German gun emplacement with a dead body in it. And it looks just like the alien. Oh. You know you know which one I mean, right? Like yeah. the, the pilot mm-hmm. in Alien. It looks just like that. And I looked at it and I like laughed because it was such a cool homage to Alien. But from that point, it's very linear. The story goes into the mining factory where they're creating the zombots, these creatures that are half robot, half zombie. Oh, no, not zombots. And the creature design is really awesome, and there's a lot of really over-the-top creative gore. That's pretty much the story right there. You're there to see gore and monsters. And it doesn't, you know, plot-wise, it doesn't go much further than that. So it's a little bit lacking in that area, but you get a lot of great gore. Now, Julie walked in at the end, and the the way that they do the film, uh, one of the people in the unit is a cameraman for the fatherland. And so he's basically like with a 16-millimeter camera, he's filming all of the heroic deeds of the Red Army. And so the whole movie is POV Handycam. So you have a lot of like reels cutting off and lens flares as they change reels and all this stuff. And the end of the movie ends up being like a chase through a really good haunted house because of that. And so, you know, this might be the kind of film that you would hate because it's jiggly and running around and it's like a haunted house, which you don't care for anyway. And at the end, there's a lot of just screaming and gore. And it's kind of just absolute over-the-top madness. Julie walked in for the last 20 minutes of the movie and was just like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, well, you had to, you kind of had to be there for the whole thing. I really liked it, and uh, I thought that it had a lot of cool references to other things. The neat way that he put together all of the creatures, because the creatures are very different. Like, there would be a guy that has, like, saws for arms and then another guy who has, like, loader lights on top of his head and these huge clamps. Like, they were designed almost after different construction vehicles and things. One guy had a huge turboprop for a head, like, off of an airplane. And he goes, <laughs> he goes like, mowing through people. And there's just, like, a lot of really inventive kind of crazy gore that doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, outside of the fact of this crazy monster factory. So... I really liked it. I recommend it to anybody who's like into gory horror or people who are into haunts because you'll love this. This is a great something to view for Halloween. If Shaun of the Dead is the only horror movie you've ever seen, I would say Frankenstein's Army is probably not for you. Oh, it has a great theme song, too. There's this big bombastic Soviet kind of a march thing that is really catchy. It was like stuck in my head all day today. So. <laughs> Ah, those catchy Soviet marches. But for horror fans, absolutely check out Frankenstein's Army. It's a kick in the ass. I really enjoyed it. Okay. You know, what I just watched, which is the complete opposite of what you just watched, and I can't believe you haven't seen this movie, Hesher. How have you not seen Hesher? 
I remember when it came out, and then, I don't know, it was like, it played at, I think, the Seattle International Film Festival. It just wasn't really easy to see, and then it was gone. And I was familiar with the fact that, you know, it was a kind of movie around a metalhead, but uh, I never got around to it. This movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Natalie Portman and Rain Wilson was too difficult and obscure for you to see, but you watched Frankenstein's Army. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> you see what I'm working with here, people? Uh, I see what you're what you're saying. All right. Anyway, yeah, Hesher. First of all, I didn't realize it at the time that I watched it, but I missed like the first five, ten minutes of it. And it's one of these movies where it's really slow moving and there's a lot of quiet in it and you're kind of putting the pieces together. But by missing the initial scene... I was really putting pieces together. <laughs> I was like, wait, how did he... Am I going to find out how they... At some point, there better be a flashback where I find out... And I find out later that, no, I just missed the first five, ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> but Hesher is a movie about... You know what this movie is? What is this movie? Someone else wrote this. This is not original. He is a heavy metal Mary Poppins there's this family that's devastated by the loss of the, the wife, the mother character. It's just a, a father, a son, a grandmother, and then this dead wife. And the, the father is beyond grieving. He is just shuffling around in his pajamas, totally ineffective as a parent, totally out of touch. The son is grieving, but he's got no real adult to help him through this. And they're living at the grandmother's house, who's this really sweet old woman doing anything she can to please people, but she can't. I mean, she can't make things better. And it is a sad, sad, sad fucking movie. And into the mix, you drop Hesher, this long-haired, bad decision-making metalhead who just decides he's moving in. And he moves into their life and... He is not a likable character, but in his own weird way, he is bringing this family through their grief and getting them to a place that they need to be by being a destructive, crazy asshole and setting things on fire and like running over people with his van and stuff. Meanwhile, Natalie Portman is the mousy, the infatuation interest by the by little kid. Uh, she's just this young woman who works in a supermarket who's can't figure out life and they try to make Natalie Portman look as plain and mousy as possible which only makes her hotter somehow I don't know how they did that anyway it's one of these movies that after you see it you find yourself thinking about a lot and it was really well done and if I, I went to my Netflix queue to rate it and rating the movie when I was watching it I was thinking I was going to give it two three stars but looking back on the movie, I, I'm going to give it like five stars. It just it really, really sticks with you. It is not for everyone. I tried to ask you about movies that I felt were kind of like it, and you kept responding with things like, well, I saw the mechanical robot android vampire movie instead. So <laughs> I want to say it's a bit like Requiem for a Dream. I don't even know what else to compare it to. It's a bit like Wrist Cutters. Anyway, if you're open-minded and you want to see something slow and cool, go see Hesher. Cool. Well, I definitely, it's on my list of things to check out. So. You'll probably hate it. Not that I'll not awesome. that I'll ever get to that list. I think we talked about my Netflix queue recently. Your Netflix queue is a mess. It's a blasted wasteland of 
movies that other people have picked and <laughs> stuff that I, I yeah, couldn't you were reading me your cue and the order things are in and the things that are on it and there's really only one thing to do with that list you need to Smart nuke it bomb. from orbit just to be make sure <laughs> let's see what else hey uh have you ever had a problem with uh losing a key on your laptop I never have, and God forbid I ever do. I bought my son a uh, used laptop recently for gaming, and uh, it was missing a key. And I actually found a website called replacementlaptopkeys.com. And <laughs> uh, I know, straightforward, for five bucks, you give them five bucks, they send you a, it will be the perfect key for your laptop with the little pieces underneath the little connectors and instructions on how to install it. And it was like a nice, clean transaction. I got it in like three days, popped it right in, and my son's laptop was perfect now. And I don't see any reason why you wouldn't use these people. So I highly recommend replacementlaptopkeys.com. Very cool site. Goddamn. This is a useful episode, isn't it? It is. We're getting, we're taking out stains. We're replacing your keyboard keys. <laughs> we're like hints from Eloise with a lot more F-bombs. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Uh, I, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, I picked up Grand Theft Auto V last week. Oh, that's a happy family game. How's it? No, that's not a family game you. at all. Yeah, you oh. would not play that with the family at all. But, you know, the reviews were just off the hook. Uh, everybody was saying how great it was. And although I never really gotten a lot of enjoyment out of the Grand Theft Auto series as a whole, really liked Red Dead Redemption, loved that game. L.A. Noir I really liked, and so I wanted more of that experience. So I decided to pick it up. And? Uh, you start off, the first thing you do, obviously you steal a car. And you're, you're chasing it's around, it's called Los Santos, but it's L.A. And tearing ass around L.A., the stick controls have gotten a little better. So you, you don't instantly like overcorrect and fly off into a bridge abutment. It's actually a lot of fun. I mean, I must have spent a couple hours the first day just tearing around L.A. And that, Julie is the same way, having lived in L.A. for so long herself. I've mentioned on the show before, she likes to see L.A. get wrecked in movies. And tearing around L.A., and especially because the, the traffic there is so shitty. To have a way to like speed through traffic <laughs> and not give a fuck is a lot of fun. And so the driving portion is really, really cool. Uh, and we've been having a lot of fun with that. I gave it to her. It was pretty funny, though, because uh, she had never played Grand Theft Auto. And she was playing it for about five minutes, and she ran over a child. Oh, <laughs> and geez. I was just like, see? See? These video games today, five minutes is all it took, and you ran over a child. Bad person. Anyway, the game, this one, instead of having one protagonist, there's three protagonists. There's one, uh, Franklin, uh, you, who is a guy from a the turtle, hood. right? No, he's a dude oh. from the hood. When you play with Franklin, it's kind of like playing Boys in the Hood, the game. Like, when I hear the name Franklin, all I can think of is, hey, it's Franklin. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like a turtle who might pop a cap in your ass. Okay. So think of it that way. Okay. And so uh, that, and then there's Michael, who's this aging mobster. And he's, you meet him for the first time when he's at his therapist bitching about how, like, his family hates him and he's not happy. Oh, he's Tony Soprano. Yeah, exactly. A lot like that. And then the third guy is this guy named Trevor, who's like a meth dealer who's just insane. And so the interesting thing that you can do is at any given time, you can jump back and forth between the three protagonists. And the big key to this game is that they have heists. 
So, uh, for instance, the one heist I've played so far was a uh, robbing a jewelry store. And so you set up the crime ahead of time. And you can go in guns a-blazing, or you can take the more methodical way where you run around and you get gas canisters ahead of time and like a fumigation van you steal. And then you go in and you put in sleeping gas through the vents, put all the staff to sleep and rob it that way quietly. Chemical warfare, warfare, warfare. So that was what I decided to do. And so you play as Franklin. He gets up on the roof and he puts the gas in. And then you jump over to Michael, who leads the actual robbery itself. And then you switch back to Franklin because he's a getaway guy. Everybody jumps on motorcycles and they tear like through the L.A. sewer system to escape the cops. And it was really fun and very cinematic and very cool. So the heist section is fun. Uh, what I don't like about the games, I never get comfortable with the whole shooting cops thing. And there's yeah. there's a ton of that. And I'm not very good with that. You know, for the most part, I've always played games Paragon, like in Mass Effect. You know, I always try to be the good guy. I play games as I would play them. And so I'm never really comfortable <laughs> being any sort yeah, of... Yeah, you're always the barbarian character when you get to choose. The guy with the big axe. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm a good guy with a big axe. A good I'm guy not, with a big axe. I, I try not to be an asshole. Not an axehole. And so, you know, that I, there are parts of the game that I'm not comfortable with. And I understand that there's more of that type of thing coming, that the Trevor character, like, tortures a dude from what I've read in the reviews. So I don't Ew. know how I'm going to feel about that. But for the most part, it's pretty great. There's a, there's also a lot of little mini games, like there's a tennis mini game, which was just kind of eh. There's a mini game <laughs> where you go to a strip club, and the mini game consists of basically complimenting the stripper and trying to touch her while the bouncer isn't looking. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you can get her bar up so that she likes you. I mean, it's just preposterous. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. I know, it's usually like somebody programmed that. That's <laughs> somebody coded that. Oh. Somebody spent a lot of time coding that. You know, it they had meetings where they discussed this and decided right, it was yeah, a good it was, idea. It was on whiteboards. There was a flowchart. Huh. So yeah, there's there's just some some weird stuff and some not great stuff, but for the most part, a lot of it is pretty fun. One of the best things about it is the radio stations. Then they have yeah. like radio stations for different type of music that you can listen to when you're driving around. And there's an L.A. punk rock station called the X that is hosted by Keith Morris, who is the lead singer of the Circle Jerks, Black Flag for a little while, and now off with uh, Steve McDonald from Red Cross. That's great. And so, like, in between songs, he'll tell stuff of, like, oh, yeah, we played this one club when Black Flag, we got beat up by the cops. He'll, like, tell stories and stuff in between the songs. And he's playing stuff like My War by Black Flag and They're Fucking With Me Subliminally by uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Just a, a bunch of really great L.A. punk songs. And I was listening to that station while doing, a, like, a night street race in L.A., and it was so much fun. Uh, probably well, the most, cool. yeah, the most fun I've had with the game so far is stuff like that, which is just an absolute kick in the ass, total blast. And you know, it took me like six times, but I finally won the the race. It was like against six other cars, and just really cool, fun stuff. So it definitely has good moments. The reviews, for the most part, are true. And if you can get your head around the morality of some of it, anyway, I don't even say if it's a lot of it. You know, there's a lot of fun to be had in the game. So. There you go. All That's right. my take on it. You know what I've been playing on the Xbox? My new game purchase, which I paid full retail price for. What is your new jam on the Xbox? Diablo 3. I played, I that game. played it on the computer. I played it on the PC. I liked it. It was a good yeah, game. Yeah, you know what's not worth $60? is Diablo 3. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. 
it's a fun enough game. It's alright. It's a good dungeon crawler, but I can't help but think while I'm playing it, like, hey, this is Torchlight. <laughs> and Torchlight was a little bit better and one third of the price. <laughs> right, yeah. And Castle Crashers cost ten dollars. Yeah, no, it's nothing like Castle Crashers. But... No, but well, it's a it's a bash em up. Castle Crashers yeah. is a format. Yeah, okay, I guess so. I, guess I, I just mean from that standpoint, not graphically or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a fun thing, and you can play it with up to four people, so it's a good game to play with your kids, you know, unless you're playing games with your kids where you're groping strippers or whatever. But uh, well, Again, let me just say, I would never let my kids play that game. Okay. I should make this totally clear. Steve uh, Grand does Theft not Auto is not appropriate. It's not appropriate for children. No, it's not. It's on my xbox in my office they can't play it it's not left out where they can have it and okay. they shouldn't they shouldn't it's not for kids seriously it's seriously not for kids can't stress <laughs> this enough because i've heard game. there was an article last week that i read about a guy who works at you know one of the uh video game chains said that they sold like a thousand copies of gta last week and about a hundred of them clearly looked like it was a parent buying it for an underage kid and my son is 11. He has no business playing this game. Hey, okay, speaking of not, this brings me to a point that I completely forgot about until just now. When I bought Diablo 3, yeah. I bought it at Target, of all places, because it was full price everywhere, and I was near a Target, so I went into Target to buy it. It's the only purchase I'm making at Target, and I'm buying it for cash. I look like me, okay? I'm 45 years old. I have gray in my beard, and I rarely shave. I look like a 45-year-old homeless man half the time. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not a child. They carded me. Yeah. Well. All right, all right, fine. That's cool. You're doing your job. Card everybody that buys the game. He goes, yeah, can I see your uh, driver's license? Yep, there it is. He goes, no, I need you to take it out so I can run it through my scanner. Oh, yeah, they do that for everything now, though. If you, like, write a check, they ask you to take it out. That's how they process your... That's ID. how they get your identity. That's... Yeah. So do you know what I did? What? I said no. <laughs> he goes, well, no, I just I just need to scan it. Like, if he says it and puts different emphasis on different words, I'm going to go, oh, okay, if you just need to scan it, I'll give you my... It was just like the principle of the thing. No, I'm clearly old enough to buy this. Here's my money. Take my money. Sell me the product. And he goes, well, I, I have to... Yeah, you know, it's the rules that I have to scan the card. And I go... I am not giving you my driver's license. No. <laughs> so, did he sell it to you? Did he have to get a manager? Like what? Yeah, he had to, he's, well, I'll have to call a manager over. I'm like, do what you got to do, Francis. <laughs> you know. Then a manager came over, looked at my, and typed something. Probably typed everything from my driver's license on it. They don't need to like scan my driver's license to sell me well, something. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that like unlocks the transaction. If that locks up the machine. If you tried to buy like liquor. Or something that is for aged like that, if the machine like won't go beyond that sale, in order to keep an eighteen-year-old kid from selling it to his friends who are sixteen or something, that yeah, wouldn't maybe. surprise me if they're dummy-proofing it. But you know what? If you were paying the cash for the game, it's another goddamn business. I totally agree with you on that. That Thank there's you. way too much tracking of everything we do. Yeah, you don't need my driver's license now. I'm playing this shitty game. Yeah. You don't need to know that your friend Steve bought GTA. That's right. Yeah, although it did amuse me to turn my jury duty money 
into a game about crime. <laughs> Shooting that, cops. There was, nice. That was the, the one ironic thing that I, I... It just made me kind of happy to do that. I don't know what's oh. wrong with me. I'm kind of fucked up. You are. <laughs> so, dude, why don't oh. we uh, check out, since we just talked about it, let's listen to a Black Flag song. Oh, let's. Good friend let's Eric M. wanted to hear that. Uh, how about My War? My War! You are 
Once again, My War by Black Flag, taken from the album of the same name, 1984. Thanks, Eric, for the recommendation. Thanks, Black Flag, for My War. Filthy jokes? Filthy jokes. Who's going first? What did the fly say when he landed on the elephant's ass? What did the fly say when he landed on the elephant's ass? Yeah, take it, bitch! I've heard that joke before, but it was like a much shaggier dog version of it. I'm sure you could shaggy dog that thing. I think it was a flea on a lion or something like that. Well, let's see what I can do with shaggy dog. All right, go for it, Steve. So this guy walks into a whorehouse. He's extremely horny, but he only has $5. So he talks to the madam and explains the situation. She looks him over and says, you know, things are slow. I mean, the janitor's mopping up out front. I'll tell you what, it's not our busy time. Go to room 101. So the guy gets all excited and he runs to the room and opens the door. Finds the most gorgeous woman on the bed. Spread-eagled, just ready for love. He jumps onto the bed and just starts going at it. And after a while, he, he kind of opens his eyes to see if she's enjoying it as much as he is. And he sees that her eyes are rolling back in her head and she starts foaming at the mouth. The guy absolutely freaks out. He runs out of the room, goes straight to the madam, and frantically explains what happened. Madam kind of rolls her eyes with a what-do-you-expect-for-a-bargain look and says to the janitor, Hey, Frank, the dead one's full again. Oh, 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 no. No. (laughs) No, really? No. (laughs) I'm revolted and laughing at the same time. As you should be. Now, I just want to have a little anti-misogyny disclaimer. Now, in this joke, the dead prostitute is female because I happen to like females. But you should feel free to customize the joke as you want. And if you like men, then the prostitute can be a man, however you want. The important thing is that the whore is dead. (laughs) That's what I'm getting at here. You're going to help. All right, how about one last joke? You know, after I have sex with a dead whore, I like a good sandwich. (laughs) really now you're just saying random shit this is hard roll by death star from their new album the prequel motherfucking sandwich In the dark with a cold cut, in the black of the night Seek to carve, must be bold Cause the pain in this life is cracking my appetite Just inside, my design, desire, diet and hand Conspire to plan, cut crumbles with the sandwich demand I slam the bread down with the fury and the bluster Then I get down with some deadly style spice ground Trying to town tongue drown mustard Plus the crust curbs to reveal murder Flesh by the slice, pastrami ham with a habanero rub Chipotle spread to entice Diced tomatoes tossed aside, taco night has been rejected Cause my sandwich artist skills Are about to be respected Listen up Jimmy John, you gone wrong With your sloppy fast iceberg garbage This here's a dadwood hood Stacked high like you should With some cold beef Mobbage Pancetta trendsetter Cause there's no one better On that horseradish tip Oh boy Quizno You don't know About that torta hogada shit Add some twain to it Munster in the kitchen International vada pause Choke that rugged son down With a bitter hint Open face to the sandwich god Fuck cake Fuck pie We do it a 
love sandwich in the kitchen. Our mission is mixing fixings like damn And you can wish for finer, but you know me and mine. The deli diner hardliners, cause bread and cheese on my canvas. Fuck cake, fuck pie, we do it up sandwich in the kitchen. Our mission is mixing fixings like damn You can wish for finer, but you know me and mine. The deli diner hardliners, cause bread and cheese on my canvas. Belly up to the club, get that grub, we make it delicious. Get a dab from the rapper, slapping Capicola, Raska, Precious dishes, breaking belly, aching, taken by that hungry darkness. Hepsi, 3PO, Mato, the great old sandwich, martial artist. Make you my sandwich. May or may not cut the mustard, general custard, cussing up a Kaiser, rolling on all thrusters, buster, butter, bacon, breaking rules. My tools are tuned for doing it. Fools who fumble, submarines will rule that Ruben, you been ruining. Capers, easy peasy. Asiago, squeezy, cheesy, pickle, tickle, slick and ripple, stipple, still then sell them greasy, mozzarella, mortadella, muffaletta, mephisto, that's what I'm about, you can call me the Count of Monte Cristo, I'm laughing, rapping, you're clapping for Captain Cole, cut, show enough, slapping this salted salami, roll up, remoulade, apply to your god, rosada, burn fun, peppercorn weapon, delicatessen, lesson learned, son, fuck cake, fuck pie, we do it up sandwich in the Kitchen, our mission is mixing fixings like damn And you can wish for finer, but you know me and mine. The deli diner hardliners, cause bread and cheese on my canvas. Fuck cake, fuck pie, we do it up sandwich in the kitchen. Our mission is mixing fixings like damn You can wish for finer, but you know me and mine. The deli diner hardliners, cause bread and cheese on my canvas. Packing pepperoni, oh son, you know me. Going ham on rye, pastrami, salami, Swami, swami, man on vibe, deli styles. What we wild and pilgrim? Yeah, nice to know ya. Belly rhymes, it's peanut butter jelly time. My bologna, schlotskis can jock me. They'll never rock me. Yo, we do the dip. Sloppy joke. Can't copy me, no two hands, man, get a grip. Flavors of favor, sweet salt of savor. Yo, we damn good. Layers on layers. Panini players call me Dagwood. Fuck cake, fuck pie, we do it up sandwich. In the kitchen, our mission is mixing fixings like damn bitch. And you can wish for finer, but you know me and mine. The deli diner hardliners, cause bread and cheese on my canvas. Fuck cake, fuck pie, we do it up sandwich. In the kitchen, our mission is mixing fixings like damn bitch. You can wish for finer, but you know me and mine. The deli diner hardliners, cause bread and cheese on my canvas. Once again, Hard Roll by Death Star from the prequel. Uh, that was requested by a ton of people. I think uh, Eric M., Michael M., and uh, that's about it for this episode. Uh, for this episode, I would like to thank all of our listeners for the last six years. If you've ever listened to this show, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. We do appreciate it. Thank you. We absolutely appreciate it. Also, thank you to all the bands whose music we have been able to feature and enjoy uh we couldn't do it without them and really if anything makes this show good it's got to be it's the music. me it's oh. gord and the music or it's mostly the music yes very much uh thankful to all the musicians who have allowed us to share their stuff our usual bullshit the show phone number is 425-296-6557 or you can reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com We've got new content on Bonehand.com every Sunday, including the heavy half hour on non-Bonebat Weeks. You can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com, a new cartoon every week unless I'm feeling brain damaged. I'm on Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat, and we have a Facebook page. 
We do indeed. Also, I am on Twitter singly as Bonehand, and you can find our Bone Bat feed there for all kinds of Bone Bat news, jokes, other stuff when we get around to it. As always, thank you so much for listening, and if you do like what we do, please tell a friend. Hey, there's six years of free back listening to go to, so. Don't listen to the early episodes. You can fill a freaking iPod with that stuff, and people have, so go check it out. Yeah, and you don't have to use an Apple device either. And you know what? We're only like 17 likes away from 200 on Facebook. So, hey, jump in there and like us so we can uh, get to a, a, the next threshold. What do we get when we get up to 200? You know, actually, it's more for like going to cons or reviewing stuff. People are more likely to send you something to review if you have a larger number. And so that's oh, really so what... it's free shit where we need that for so we can get free shit. <laughs> yes. That's like one us. Of the things. <laughs> I want free stuff. Alrighty, uh, a last song uh, we'd like to play tonight, a uh, tune from Adam Warrock. I wanted to play this tune. He played this as his closer at PAX during the concert, and I just thought it was a really cool tune because it's it's kind of about almost sort of a theme song for multimedia triage. It's about trying to read all the books and all the comics and see all the great movies and listen to all the great music that's out there. There's so much awesome entertainment. And, you know, we don't usually give a lot of bad reviews because we're always chasing down stuff that is really great to share with you. And this song perfectly encapsulates that, just the hunger for really great entertainment and taking advantage of all that that world has to offer. So. I'd like to uh, present everything by Adam Warrock. Check it out. Again, I'm Steve. This is Gorn. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Every issue, every episode, you know I want to see it all before my time to go. Man, I know that's impossible All I can do is try Why I gotta see everything They say coming soon Can't come soon enough Because I'm in my room Man, look at all this stuff The books that kept me company When times were rough So I guess it's alright I'm fine to wait a couple of months Time it creeps by Steals your lifeline So I try to live my life Like to the limit in the Time I might watch a movie or a television show Maybe write a song cause free time I can fill it Not everything is gonna be the best As long as it tickles that thing in your chest And man I'm sick and tired of all the rest That try to tell me Adam you can't take it all in And so I can test Man I know my time is precious So I'ma take a second to take it all in Because there's so much to see There's so much to see So why not get started with me right this second Yeah Every issue, every episode You know I wanna see it all before my time to go And man, I know that's impossible All I can do is try Why I gotta see everything Why I gotta try everything Why I gotta see The snows of Kilimanjaro in the distance And rapture in front of me in an instant I watch it Streaming directly, it teaches me about the way we connect Talk to my friends over the Xbox directly Like that time when I was low and Mikey, he stayed online Every night, NBA 2K, it saved my life He told me, keep doing what you're doing And I packed up my office and started rapping I made it happen Every comic that I read, every
every game that I played and every book that I paged through late nights on the plane when I was bleeding money out of my pocket so I could rock it on a stage where no one knew who I was I didn't profit that was back then this is right now and this is how my career came about because I couldn't go without completing my collection and I'm gonna do everything no question every issue every episode you know I want to see it all before my time to go and man I know that's impossible all I can do is try why I gotta see everything why I gotta try You hear that cheering? That's the crowd there. You feel that beating? That's my heart there. Maybe that thing that you're feeling, that's the start there. I promise you it's worth it. Don't be nervous cuz there's so much to take in in that great big world. And there's so much to feel and the pain it hurts. But the joys that come when you give it all you got. It's the feeling that you hope it never stops. Man, I want to do everything. Why I got to try everything? That'll go in there nicely. I make myself laugh. <laughs>